you got the call. Welcome to the big leaks, kid. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the call-up presented by Triple Play Fantasy here for week 15. And it's been flying by, everybody. D-Mendy here, joined by my partner in crime, Baby Huey, a.k.a. Michael Richards. Mike, how you doing tonight? Doing good, David. Uh, always happy to be here to talk prospects with you. And uh, I'm actually glad to take a little break here with the All-Star break. I think it came came along at a good time and uh, happy to just get a little recharge for the second half. And we got another great guest here today. And uh, this is someone I've respected for as long as I've been on Twitter uh, the last couple of years. And uh, I played Dynasty Leagues against him in fantasy. He's a great player and just knows fantasy. And I, I'm happy to get a chance to talk with him today. That's right. And for those that are listening to the podcast version, you don't see him, but he's a very handsome fellow and he's very knowledgeable in the fantasy baseball space. We welcome in a man who is a husband. He's an Indiana University alum. He's also a major dynasty baseball player, which is going to help us when we talk about our prospects today. He's a fantasy baseball writer over at drrodo.com and at Fantasy Degens, our buddy Bubba's site there. He's also the founder, also the, you want to say the lead of the Lucas Baseball Podcast. We welcome in Lucas Beery. How's it going, man? Oh man, that was a great intro. Uh, appreciate you guys having me on tonight. Um, prospects, just a, a ton of fun to, to get into them. I mean, you can go as, as deep as possible. We're going to be going really deep tonight with some of these names. I was checking all my leagues for the players we're going to discuss, and a handful of them are available, and I play in plenty of 20-team leagues. So, you know, we'll have some actionable input. That's a, that's a great plug for the show, man, because that's what we do here. We try to make sure we go deep and in the depths here of talking about minor league players that your league mates might not know of yet. So you can get a jump and figure out who these guys are before everybody else does. But just back on you for a quick second. Can you tell us about your podcast and just what you guys do over there? Yeah. So um, I do, I do a little bit of writing for drrodo.com and we have a weekly uh, fantasy baseball podcast, my co-host Lou Landers and me. Uh, right now we're focused in on waiver wire pickups. We do 12 team and 15 team leagues with mostly NFBC looks. So for stashes, cuts, that kind of thing. Uh, we have a cut them segment too, which has been kind of fun. Been trying to look at guys to just cut, you know, whether it's a Jonathan Scope, if he's kind of killing you, just giving some of that input since I don't see a ton of that out there. Um, and then in the winter we do position preview, strategy updates, stuff like that. Um, but yeah. It's awesome. And uh, I love the fact that you're kind of, you do prospect work. You talk about, you know, in your, you know, the dynasty, all the dynasty leagues you're in, you kind of go deep into prospects, but you're also very in tune with just the redraft and the waiver wire. I just think it's very good to have a lot of different tools and you definitely are an example of that. And we'll need that type of mind tonight as we go through all our guys that we're going to talk about here, kicking off with our players of the week. And Lucas, you got our first guy we're kicking off here with, Colson Montgomery, a shortstop in the Chicago White Sox organization, who over the last 10 days is 
got two home runs. He's got a 15.2% walk rate. And on the season overall, he's been putting up good numbers. What about him stuck out to you? Yeah, so this was a, a player that is actually from Indiana. He's he's actually from less than an hour away from me, and it's rare to get a high pedigree prospect uh, from here in the cold weather state like Indiana. And he was drafted. He was potentially going to go top ten in last year's draft. Ended up going at twenty two overall to the White Sox. Um, really excellent contact tool, which just is going to provide a level of safety that the swing and miss guys can't match. He also is going to play on the left side of the infield. Even if he moves over to third base, that's a great uh, asset for a team. And he's getting into some good power, too, as well as that really nice left-handed hit tool. Uh, and I'm not going to sit here and comp him to Corey Seager, but I'm kind of getting a little bit of those vibes with just excellent contact and patience with limited strikeouts. He's scorching uh, high A as well as a 20-year-old, just drafted out of high school last year. And... I think he's borderline top 50 prospect for me. Okay. Uh, and so no, <laughs> no bias with the, uh, with the close no. <laughs> relation. I, I, I like it. I like it. Uh, yeah. He's somebody that's definitely very intriguing. And uh, on the season, you can see on screen, the 15% walk percentage, good. The only striking out 13.8% of the time this year, uh, a two fifteen ISO. Yeah. All the numbers across the board, definitely very impressive. So somebody definitely keep your eye on here. Mike, let's go to your player first, talk about hitter and somebody that I, as we entered it in on the sheet here, I was getting ready to put this name in and I saw you beat me to him. So great minds think I like, I guess. Let's talk about Christian Encarnacion Strand and the Minnesota Twins organization. And what about him had you just beating me so excited that you beat me to the show sheet here? Well, actually, this is a different guy than I normally pick for the player of the week. Normally, I'm going with a power speed type guy, but. He's just tapped into some really nice power this week. The 40 plate appearances, six home runs, and 17 RBIs. Over 1,000 slugging percentage during that time as well. So it got me checking into his uh, full season stats. He's hitting over 300 with a 630 slugging. He's got 23 home runs already with seven steals, 77 RBIs, a respectable 9% walk rate, 22% K rate, that 166 WRC+. Plus is a good indicator of how productive he's been. Uh, I was a little skeptical of him, I guess, because the scouting grades don't look amazing on paper. He was kind of, even though he's productive last year, it was in, at a lower level for his age. And even this year, when he was starting off the season in high A, I still was a little dismissive when he was starting off, but he's actually stepped it up in his limited games in double A as well. So I'm intrigued by him. He's definitely going to be a corner infielder first and third. But he's showing a pretty nice hit tool. If this thing is actually like above average, and to me, I, I mean, I can't see how he wouldn't have plus power grades with what he's putting up. I mean, he's got an over 300 ISO on the season, which is significant. So this is a guy to keep on your radar. He's not going to bring a lot of speed to the table. He has seven steals this year, but I don't think that's a big part of his game. But he's definitely in that mold of, uh, I guess, like Jose Miranda was last year in the same organization. Mm -hmm. Just putting up really good stats, showing nice power, nice approach. So definitely someone to look at if you're trying to pick up an underrated guy in Dynasty right now. Another corner infielder in the Twins organization with Miranda. You got to expect Miguel Sano probably is on his way out, which could open up another spot in that corner infield. But the, the Twins just seem like corner infield and outfielders. They just tons and tons of guys coming through the system there. 
this first player I'm going to bring up in this section for hitting for myself, Jason Rosario, who I got to say the main reason I put him on here, he just hit for the cycle against his former team. And that alone, I think, I mean, you can imagine how good it felt for him. Hit his first home run since June 23rd. So he kind of got that monkey off his back. Because his season-long numbers aren't going to jump out at you. A 242, 366, 754 slash with five homers and 26 RBIs and nine steals. But he's definitely made improvements. And I do think there's room for him to continue to grow. His K rate last season with the Red Sox was 27.9%. This year with the Yankees is 18.6%. So he's made major strides in terms of his K rate. The walk rate has jumped 3% from last season. The average is higher than last season. And he's, his slugging is up nearly 100 points. So he is making strides in everywhere he needs to. So I just think it's just important to mention that maybe they don't always jump out at you. But if you notice that these guys are making tangible changes and they're actually improving their production steadily, it's something you got to keep an eye on. And, and I don't think many people have this guy on their radar. So somebody just, again, maybe he's a few years away, but someone you should maybe in a deep league prospect league dynasty league, look at him. Just keep an eye on him there. All right, let's go to the pitching side of things and let's go back to Lucas and let's talk about his first player here. And there's no relation between Mason Montgomery and Colson Montgomery. I hope, or you just have a fan, uh, an official, uh, you're loving the Montgomery name here. I don't know what it is, Lucas. What, what is it about Mason Montgomery that you like? Yeah, uh, with with Mason Montgomery, obviously the electric strikeout rate of about a twelve and a half K nine is just pops off the page. Even though he is, you know, the, the elephant in the room is that he's a twenty two year old college arm at high A. He's a little bit touch old for the level, but you know he's still taking care of business there. And his first start at Double A, uh, he had six strikeouts in just four innings. Uh, he's also pitching for an organization that gets the most out of their pitchers with Tampa Bay. So he's going to be available in some waiver wires, almost all 12 teamers and, and some 15 team uh, dynasty leagues. And it's a speculative ad a little bit, but there's enough results underneath there to, to make you feel really good with the high strikeout rate. Uh, he's got a, a really good change up as his main pitch and he needs to really develop a little bit better of a breaking ball, but Uh, That can be done, and this guy could be the limit if he can continue the strikeouts and stay healthy up to the path to the majors. You got to love any young pitchers in the Tampa Bay Rays organization, especially a lefty, so I like the call there. Mike, let's go back to you. A a name that many people actually have seen before and are familiar with, what is it about Kyle Moeller that you think is, is there a difference with what he's doing now that you think is, is tangible? Is it just something that you really, what has gotten you kind of excited about him? Well, the main thing I wanted to talk about with him is, I mean, he's been good this year, uh, better than he's been in in the past. And uh, his his results in the major leagues aren't great so far, but it's been such a small sample size. And he was actually pretty decent last year uh, for his first time through. But this year he's has a career high K per nine. He's reduced his walks in half from last season, which is what I really like. Uh, he's got a double plus fastball, a plus slider, above average curveball, probably below average change. The the issue with him is going to be command, but he's got those two plus pitches already. He's going to be a dominant arm in whatever role they use. The Braves don't have a bunch of lefties in the rotation right now. So if any one of those guys can step up, him or Jared Schuster, 
different guys that are close. Uh, I think they'll put him in the rotation and keep him in there to separate all the different righties that they use. Uh, but basically, the, the main reason I wanted to bring him up is just his improvement in walk rate. He's on lists right now with some pretty good pitchers. You know, the, when I narrow it down to guys up in the upper levels who are not walking a lot of guys, striking guys out, you know, all the good advanced metrics and stuff like that who aren't too old. He is 24, but this isn't like some 27-year-old. So we've seen what the Braves can do. It's a good organization for pitching as well. And I'm someone who's starting to trend more towards going after pitchers on good teams. I talked with Lucas a little bit about this, but even with prospects, I just want like the Rays, the Braves, the Dodgers, the different teams that are known for developing their pitchers that are good organizations that get wins because wins is something that I find myself chasing a lot in redraft leagues. So I like going after pitchers on good teams in general. That's fair. And what they've done recently, obviously, with Max Freed, Mike Soroka looked great, obviously, before his injuries took over. We sit with Spencer Strider now kind of making big leaps there. And also Kyle Wright, who was a, a former number five pick. It's taken him a few years, but he's finally seemed like he's becoming a very big quality arm for them. So he could be the very next one. And you got to love how they're developing their pitching. And it feels like he could be right around the corner as well uh, with with how... Uh, tough it's been to get pitching in 15 teamers i mean if he were to come up i'm sure he'd be uh drawing quite a big bid with his numbers that he's improved on the walk rates and such 100 good point there lucas um let's finish up with a player here in the pittsburgh pirates organization here and anthony solometto left-handed pitcher in the pittsburgh pirates organization his season stats a 326 era just over 19 innings 23 strikeouts and a 1.03 whip Coming off four perfect innings and six strikeouts in his most recent appearance, both career highs for him. He's somebody that I'm very interested in. Obviously, he's a lefty. He's got a very funky delivery, gets to about 94 miles an hour with his fastball, but he's got a very high leg kick. People have kind of said it looks like Mackenzie Gore's high leg kick, but he's got a three-quarter arm slot delivery, so he can have deception to help his stuff play up a little bit better. Um, He's right now, you could say he's maybe the second-best pitching prospect behind Quinn Priester in the pirates organization but he's just somebody i think has you know he's got a good fastball slider combination he has to work on his command a fan graphs has his command as a 25 out of 60 so it's something he will need to work on but the double digit case per nine uh is something that's very enticing this is his first pro season he's just drafted last year so uh, i think just a lot of exciting things with him is he has to continue to grow and develop but somebody again that's very deep here Again, anybody that has a kind of a unique delivery, he's a lefty and uh, definitely has the velocity there. I think, you know, getting that mid-90s fastball with his slider is something that should be very interesting to see as he develops. All right, notable promotions. There was one big promotion since our last show and Max Meyer getting promoted to the Miami Marlins. Kind of an open table here really quick here. Maybe just your thoughts in 60 seconds on him. Lucas, it, what are your thoughts on him rest of the season for fantasy? Do you think he's going to be someone you're wanting to spend a lot of fab on or somebody you think is going to be worth picking up? Or do you think this year it's going to be more hit or miss with him? Yeah. Um, so putting that one to the test, I, I was able to scoop him up in a few fab leagues, uh, 15 team in FBC, and I was willing to go 50 to $60, have about 400 remaining. So I wasn't going to go quite $100 plus, but I do think he has the real chance to be a, a strikeout difference maker. Great ballpark. 
going to be able to stream him at home pretty easily. Um, you know, I think it's just going to kind of come down to um, that fastball, how it's going to play. The slider looks great, but, uh, you know, if, if the fastball gives up too much damage, he becomes home run prone and exits the game early. It's, it's potential upside, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, he five earned runs in his first start against the Phillies, two home runs, and then I believe two runs scored when he was pulled from the game. And another pitcher allowed those runners to score that were charged to him. I think his line kind of was a little deceiving in that regard, but he did throw, I think, over 50% sliders in that start. So that'll be interesting to see if that's something he's going to continue to do uh, game after game or if he's going to alter his approach as games move along here and he gets more experience under his belt. So that'll be interesting to watch. Um, but speaking of watch, it's our prospect watch and kicking things off with, I should put the, the prospect watch graphic on screen first. That would be nice, David. Let's go back to Lucas here and let's kick it off with our first guy in Edward Julian, second baseman in the Minnesota twins organization here. We've got another twins prospect here. What about him is making you keep an eye on him uh, in these deeper leagues here? Yeah, so he was a totally un, unheralded prospect. I mean, he was an 18th round pick, even though he did come from an SEC school, which is always nice to see. And he did really well last year, 169 WRC plus in A ball, and then followed it up at high A with a 144 with really high walk rate uh, and good contact rates as well. And he's continued that in double A this year with a 134 WRC plus, uh, you know, as a second baseman, that's not what you really like to see for upside in Dynasty, but it seems like based on, you know, all the statistics, this kid can just absolutely hit and they'll find a place in the big leagues for him if he can do so. Um, I'm going to kind of throw this to you guys. He kind of gives me a little bit of Curtis Mead vibes where he just knows how to hit. Yeah, the defensive upside is not high. He might be a first baseman or a corner outfielder, but uh, for players that can hit like this, I think they'll find a spot for him. Mike, I know you love when I ask you for comparisons or call updates. What do you think of that comparison? Do you, can you see it, or uh, what are your thoughts on that? I definitely see the comparison, the type of player. Yeah, yeah he's the two years older than Mead, and Mead's at a level higher, so it's it's like a a different tier of player, I guess. He's like a a more higher upside. Mead's a higher upside version of this guy, but this guy's definitely a pro. It's just a matter of where he's going to fit into the Twins uh, long term, like how often he'll play and stuff like that. He's already at double A right now. And obviously with Luis uh, Arise there and Jorge Polanco in that inf middle infield, um, you know, that, that they do have the, the guys there to clog it up. I think Nick Gordon was, was Nick Gordon moved to the outfield now? Cause he's not in consideration. I don't think anymore for a middle infielder, but uh, there are a couple guys there that are ahead of him blocking him, but keep an eye on him in, in deeper leagues as well. Mike, your player here, the Diamondbacks, we could spend a whole show talking about the Arizona Diamondbacks because they are putting such great young talent in that farm system. Uh, I feel like the top 100 is going to be like 10% Diamondbacks within the next year or two here. Let's talk about a player here in that system and Wil uh, Wildard Patino, an outfielder for them. Uh, what are your thoughts on him and what he's doing at low A right now? Well, the first thing I'll mention or that stands out to everyone is that it was 54 stolen bases. Uh, you know, obviously the way the fantasy game is going these days, uh, elite speed is noteworthy. Uh, but you also can't have zero power or you'll end up not being able to play a lot. So he started to develop some of that power. 
The, uh, the main thing that I'm excited about him is the reduction in strikeout rate. He's been up above 30% most of his career, and he's got that down below to 25% now. Like I said, the 150 ISO, that's tapping into some level of power, showing a good OBP. He's a legitimate speed threat. You know, when you have a speed threat with like a 113, you know, 110 or 120 WRC plus, like that carries some value in like draft season, stuff like that. So it's just the my, my one concern with him is usually I don't, go after guys that are 21 and low a usually that would be age 19 is my kind of prime target so there is some concern that he's not going to make it long term still he still has some levels he has to clear but the speed is completely legitimate and you know if the diamondbacks are developing all these great players they're getting them to tap into more power like corbin carroll jordan lawler if they can do the same thing with this guy who is a, a international signing a few years back Basically, uh, he's going to be another big time prospect, especially with that speed. Now, Mike, quick question for you with the outfield that they have trotting out there, maybe in the next three or four years of Corbin Carroll and Drew Jones and Alec Thomas. Are you worried that someone like him isn't going to necessarily get a chance to get the at bats or, you know, he has to rely on an injury or a trade? Does that any of that stuff scare you in terms of his long term projection? Not particularly because he's, like I said, he's still got a little ways to go. He's got some things he's got to clear levels. He has to clear himself to be able to prove that he can be a good major league hitter. So it's like, it's just a matter of if he can get to that. If he can hit major league pitching down the road, that speed, there's, it's going to find its way into a lineup somewhere. I'm not as concerned about prospects being traded. You know, this is a long-term guy. This isn't someone... This is more someone like a speed guy, like a like an Esther Ruiz two years ago type of thing, where it's like in a couple of years, he might be a big t- big deal when he's in the upper levels. Okay, uh, fair enough there. Let's close this segment out with Mason Wynn, shortstop for the St. Louis Cardinals on the season, a 299, 365, 855 slash, seven home runs, 39 RBIs, and he's got 25 steals. The reason I'm bringing him up on our prospect watch and, and players we're kind of keeping our eye on here, he did something this past week that no one has ever done before, and he threw a ball from shortstop, and I literally watched the highlight, I think, 30 times in a row. He threw the ball from shortstop to first base at 100.5 miles per hour, and just for reference, the hardest major league infield throw in the StatCast era was 97.8 miles per hour, and that was just made by O'Neill Cruz last week. So when was used to be a pitcher, he's a or he's a, kind of a two-way player. I think he's doing a little bit of both here, but uh, he topped out at 99.8 uh, when he played for single A. But uh, he's somebody that has improving bat and high A to double A. He's a top 100 prospect for the first time this year and a, across a lot of different systems here. But that type of arm is is very unique. And I mean, a, a throw from shortstop over 100 miles an hour is absolutely insane. And if you have not seen that highlight, you have to go stop this video and go watch it because it is a dart. It is absolutely incredible. Uh, did you guys have you guys both seen it? I'm assuming. I haven't seen it yet. Lucas. Okay, Lucas, <laughs> you, this is what you got to do after you do your last player in our last segment. You got to pull it up live time and then you got to watch it and give us your reaction. Okay. I will. And 
you know, with Win, I had I had quite a few shares uh, coming out of the uh, first year player stuff, and I was super worried that they were going to make him a pitcher because there was a lot of talk about that, and that was just like, uh oh. And you know, it's looking like that's not the case, and that's great for people that have him because he's not quite an untouchable prospect by any means, but with that power speed threat and the fact he's one of the best athletes in the minors. You know, he could be vaulting up that list come winter time if he has a strong second half. Yeah, I mean, with the way he's hitting right now, I think they'll definitely focus more on his hitting and not as much on the two-way aspect. I mean, right now, again, hitting near 300. So he's really made strides in that area for sure, especially now to the double-A uh, part of the farm system. Or who's next? Our last segment of the show here, who we think could be next for the call-up. Lucas kicking things off with Edward Cabrera, another great arm for the Miami Marlins. And he's pitched across three different levels this season. And his numbers are very, very good. Yeah, yeah. With Cabrera, I mean, his stuff is as loud as it gets for a prospect pitcher. And it's just clear that he can dominate when he's hitting his spots and uh, not issuing free passes. But uh, that's kind of always been his biggest issue as well as health. Uh, coming off of elbow tendonitis, it's a little scary for him since he's just had recurring issues, whether it was a nerve issue uh, or, or other sort of arm problems. But uh, if he can get fully healthy and start pitching in that uh, major league rotation, could be a huge difference maker down the stretch if he can limit the free passes because his stuff can easily overpower major league hitters. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, you hear, who would you rather have, Max Meyer, Edward Cabrera? Uh, I mean, just the fact that they have both those guys. They also, once upon a time, had uh, a couple other guys too that haven't worked out. You know, they traded like they traded Zach Gallen, and uh, I don't know why the the player's name is at Sixto Sanchez, uh, who looked like he was going to be another great pitcher for them. They have just so many guys. It's it's just crazy to me the pitching that they have just working up through their farm system. Uh, now, while Lucas is looking up that throw, like he promised he would. We're going to pull up Mike's player here and Will Benson, outfielder for the Cleveland Guardians. And what he's been doing in AAA right now, Mike, you think he could get the call? Yeah, I do. Uh, Will Benson is someone, you know, people that pay attention to prospects have probably known for a few years. And the main reason is because he's always shown good power and speed in the minor leagues at every level. But the hit tool has been a constant concern. Another guy who's had over 30% strikeout rate at every level, pretty much. And the reason I'm bringing him up, other than his continued power speed, you know, he's he's hitting 264 with a 323 OBP, 16 homers and 16 steals, a nearly 20% walk rate with a, a 242 ISO, 151 WRC plus. So that's really productive. He's a close player. But the, but the main reason I brought him up is he's reduced that strikeout rate to 22.7%. Down, I mean, it was at 39% in 107 plate appearances at the same level last year. So there's always going to be risk of him. Like, I'm a little suspicious. He's probably going to be a low batting average guy. But the tools are definitely there in the powered speed. Double plus raw power. Above average speed. I think he's a guy who could definitely get you 20-20 down the road if he can play enough and hit enough. And I'm seeing the signs in AAA this year that I haven't seen throughout his entire career that makes me think he could eventually get into that. 
Yeah, I was looking at uh, at Benson, and I kind of always thought of him as like a Joey Gallo with a lot less polish and a lot less proven. And he's went from last year at a 55% contact rate to a 71% contact rate this year. And while that's a little low, I mean, for this player with that power, he's going a little bit more opposite field, so he's not pulling as much. And it's like, this could be kind of a, a sneaky fantasy monster. So it was, it was kind of wild to see him turn it around and, and to see the underlying metrics kind of support that yeah good absolutely call, and it's funny you should say gallo because that's a, a name i didn't want to bring up but it could be that type of player imagine yeah. joey gallo with speed with a, some level of speed and le- a little less power but that's a valuable player if he can play enough yeah i mean the stolen bases again the contact going up is a good sign so somebody that i haven't heard him mentioned across very many shows and i, I usually i listen to a good amount of podcasts so uh, he's somebody that I'll definitely be having on my radar waiting for when he get called up because especially if you're looking for steals in any of your Roto leagues, like here's a source that could be coming up making an impact. So make sure that name Will Benson is on your radar. Last guy we'll uh, bring up here, Shay Langoliers, catcher in the Oakland Athletics organization. He's actually their number one prospect. He's coming off the MVP of the All-Star Futures game, hit a home run in that game. On the season, 16 home runs in 17 games, but he plays in a ballpark where they don't necessarily uh, fly out consistently. So it's not like, you know, he probably could have more power if he played at other ballparks, but uh, he's somebody that, you know, uh, he has good defense throughout Corbin Carroll in that game. And his obviously you can see on screen just what his batting numbers are 272, 364, 869 slash 16 home runs on the year 44 RBIs, even gives you five steals. I think it's only a matter of time before Oakland has to call him up, whether it's an injury or just where they want to see what they have in him. He was the main piece in the Matt Olson trade, I believe. So he was uh, brought over to Oakland in that trade. And I do think they're going to have to let him get some playing time at some point. So I still, I used him a few weeks ago and it hasn't happened. So maybe the second time is the charm here and he gets the call soon, but he was somebody I felt like coming off the, the MVP of the futures game and just kind of what he's been doing recently, I felt like that maybe his name is going to start popping up more uh, mainstream as the guy that next to be in the big league. So again, that's Shea Langoliers here. Lucas, did you look at the Mason Wynn throw? Yeah, that was an insane transfer on the throw and just like looked like turbocharged throw, really. <laughs> it's like lightning coming off the ball. Yeah, really. O'Neill Cruz-esque. Yeah, yeah really, really. Um that's going to wrap us up here for another week of the call-up. Lucas, thank you so much for joining us tonight, man. I want you to please plug everything you got, where they can find you on Twitter, and any projects maybe you might have coming up. Oh, absolutely. Uh, thanks again, you guys, for having me on. It was a ton of fun to, to kind of get to go and uh, to, to prospect talk. Um, Dynasty Leagues, this is, where, this is where leagues are won and lost. Uh, on the waiver wire pickups, just getting these guys that are completely free. You can add them onto your team and use them as trade bait once they become more mainstream in the future. Um, you can feel free to kind of look out uh, for any of my content on Twitter at LucasBerry33. Um, I do uh, two DFS uh, articles a week, and I do a waiver wire podcast uh, for getting you kind of ready for Sundays, and that's it. Great follow, very knowledgeable person, and his podcast is great, so you need to go make sure you check that out. Mike, please plug your Fantrax article and anything else that you would like the people to know. Yeah, uh, my next Fantrix article is going to be out this weekend. I'm going to be doing the impossible and trying to uncover the breakouts in the Dominican Summer League. 
So the lowest level of the minor leagues that basically no one cares about right now. But uh, I just I I got a pretty good reception from my complex league one. So hoping that it's it's going to really help those players who play twenty and thirty team leagues. That's I mean again everybody knows listen to the show every week. Mike does the dirty work, digging in the deepest of prospects, and does all the great stuff that you should make sure you're checking out every week. Uh, and again, if you're watching on screen, that's at MP Richards 1981 on Twitter, where you can check out all the stuff that he'll put out there. Um, but that's going to wrap us up here for week 15. If you guys are enjoying the content, please make sure you like and subscribe to the Triple Play Fantasy YouTube channel. Or if you're listening on the podcast, please give it a five star review. That definitely helps us get heard by more people. And if you made sure you learned a new prospect that you didn't know before, let us know in the comments below which prospect that was that you found out about on this episode because that type of feedback always helps us out tremendously. But for Lucas, for Mike, I'm D. Mendy. We'll catch you all next week for week 16 of The Call-Up.